0: We need to always look for God in everything. Amen? And I thank God for his protecting hand there. If you are with us today and you have a Bible, I want you to take it and turn with me real quickly to 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. And if you don't have your Bible, we'll have it right up here on the screen here in just a moment. But we're going to read just a, just a few verses today, and I'll let you sit down. And uh, we're going to talk about a, a, a story that took place in the Old Testament a story with, a, with the prophet Elisha and a widow who was in debt. A widow who was in debt in a critical situation, a difficult situation, and it will apply to where we are today. How many of y'all know America is in financial trouble? In saying that, we got to understand America is made up of citizens. If America's in trouble, its citizens are in trouble. Amen? Amen. Our homes, our families. So we're, we're going we're gonna to find out what we need to do about it. I'm glad even though America may be in trouble... And it may be bad in the White House, and it may be bad in the State House. It don't have to be bad in the Father's house. Amen? Everything's all right in my Father's house. It's all right. It really is. Amen? Second Kings chapter 4 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. See, in that day, you could go into slavery for your debt. You could go into slavery. If you, now, you, it's the same way today. It's just, didn't, it's just done in a different way. No different. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What's the question he asked? What hast thou in the house? Say it with me. And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. That was a Baptist say right there. We don't have anything but this, this little pot of oil right here. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons and brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt. Say that to me. Say it again. We need to pay our debt. And, he says, live thou and thy children of the rest. See, here's where we're at today. God wants to help us take care of our debt and give us something to live on. That's the God we serve. He's not a God of just enough. He's God of a cup that's running over. Amen? Amen. But sometimes we got to go through the valley of the shadow of debt to get there. In, in In Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not... I, I shall not want. That means I have just enough. But as you keep reading, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And in just a little bit of time, you read, My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. That's the God we serve. I don't want to just survive. I want to prosper. And God doesn't just expect you to survive. He wants you to prosper. But we've got to do it His way. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, help us today as we study your word. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I need all the <clears throat> excuse me. I need all the gentlemen in the house to pay close attention today. Uh, we have a responsibility as men uh, that God has given us. Uh, If you are here today and you're married and you have a family or you're responsible for a family, or if you're single and you you expect to be one day, I need you to pay close attention to what I'm saying today. It's very important. We have a story here, and there's two things I want to share with you, two main points. If you'll write them down, then we'll talk about them a little bit, all right? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see a situation that's developing. A situation... That is developing. Let me see if I can lay it out for you here this morning. There was a woman, a widow, who came to Elisha. Elisha Elisha's kind of like a headmaster. He's kind of like the president of a college. They called him the sons of the prophets. Uh, These were men that God was calling together, and Elisha was their mentor, and he was the head over them. And, And one of these men, one of these men who was married and had a family, one of these men died. And in the process of that situation, this man died being in debt. He died being in debt. And because he died in debt, that debt transferred to his widow and his family. Now, with that being said, she comes to Elisha and says, Elisha, I need you to do something for me. We're in a bad way. My husband is dead. Now they're going to come take my children. They're going to take my sons as slaves. Would you please help us out with this situation? Boy, don't that sound like today. The creditor is coming. The creditor, some of us won't even answer our phone today because we know who's on the other line wanting something. The creditor's coming. Well, in this situation, we see three things. This situation is developing. We see three things. Number one, or A, if you're writing this down, we see an unexpected crisis. An unexpected crisis. This situation took place. It was unexpected. Out of the blue, this man dies. This man dies. You say, what's the big deal? We need to understand that this crisis that we're in right now in our country, this financial situation we're in, in our country, we should have expected it. But now that it has come, it has caught us off guard, we were not paying attention, we were not prepared, now we are in a bad situation because of an unexpected crisis. Let me give you all a hint, guys. People die all the time. That should not be a newsflash, and I'm speaking. I'm speaking primarily to us men here, guys. Let's pay close attention. You are not promised tomorrow. Nobody's promised tomorrow. This man was living for the day. And by the way, and by the way, by the way, this stuck out to me so big, and I think it's on purpose because God wants us all to get this. Just because you go to church and love Jesus, don't mean you're being financially right with your money. Just because you go to church and you sing in the choir, you sing out here or whatever, and you say, how do you know that? Because this woman, look what she said. When she came to Elisha, this was her wording. This was her exact wording. My servant, or excuse me, thy servant, my husband, he is dead. Now watch what she says to back up what what Elisha needed to help her for this reason. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. He feared the Lord. He was a Christian, if you want to say, if we put it in this terminology, he was a churchgoer. He was a Christian. He served God. He feared the Lord. He loved God. Yet even being religious and spiritual did not mean that he was doing right by his money. What's the point? God will not bless our foolishness. You can't go to church and say, I'm going to pray and I'm going to just do what I want to do and expect God to bless it even though I'm not doing what he told me to do. That God's just going to take care of me. It don't work that way. Well, I'm going to church and I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Yes, but you can do all of that and not handle your money right. Does this make sense? You've got to get this. We, we have a responsibility. So how do you know he wasn't, how do you know? Because of the second thing, there was an unexpected crisis. Well, hang on, before I go to that second thing, I want, to, I want you to see this. James 4.13 says this. He was speaking to some merchants who were making all these big plans. And it's okay to make plans, but you've got to understand things can be different. There were a bunch of people that went all out in the real estate market, and what happened? The real estate market tanked, and now here we are. You, you cannot forecast the future. You cannot do that. Now watch what he says. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Good plans. There's great plans but only one problem. He says, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that is appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. He said, you might not be alive tomorrow. There's another man in the Bible who is presumptuous. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 says this. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? He said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say unto my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. Why? This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? What does that mean? We need to learn to expect the unexpected. We need to learn to expect the unexpected. This brings us to be. This is where this, why this is so important. We not only see an unexpected crisis, but we see an unprepared citizen. We see an unprepared citizen. Now It's going to get a little rocky here, guys, so just know that I love you and I care about you and and, and I'm I'm in the boat with you. If I wasn't standing here saying it, I'd be out there hearing it because I need to hear it just like you need to hear it. This man died and left his family, his widow, and his children in debt. He was unprepared for the crisis that took place. I am responsible for my family whether I'm alive or dead. Let me, let me read you a verse. The Bible, says, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5, 8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Well, that's not being preached in America today, is it? Have all the children you want. The government will take care of them. What does that mean? That means everybody that's working is going to pay for those that ain't working. But the Bible says my children, my wife, my family is my responsibility. And if I don't take care of them, if I don't provide for them, if I don't meet their needs, then I have denied the faith and I am worse than an infidel. What does that mean? I don't need to come in here and sing Amazing Grace, and I don't need to come in here and sing how, how much I love Jesus and then go out and, and, and deny my family because the Bible says I'm just telling a lie and I'm being a hypocrite. Listen, when I, when I went to get married, I, I, Tammy wooed me. She wooed me. I was, I was living. Randy, you've been there. You played, you remember, at Millen Valley Country Club. Midland Valley Country Club. I was living at a country club. Not a redneck country club. Be a real one. Uh, I had I had free rent. Uh, listen, some free food that I could get away with getting. Amen. Uh, there was there was a big screen TV the size of that one. I mean, free cable, free ev- free everything. What was I thinking? Amen. When me and Tammy got married, see, that's what love will do to you. I mean, it'll cause you to go blind, amen. Uh, we, 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 were, we decided we're going to get married, and, 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 and so I called my dad. He's down in Florida, and, and I said, I found the one. This is it. This is the one. I'm telling you, this is the angel sent down from heaven, and this is it right here. I know. He said, man, that's great. That sounds wonderful. I mean, he's just playing me along, and he knows what he's going to do to me. And uh, and I said we we're going we getting married. I told him a date and everything. He knows I'm living for free in the clubhouse uh, in, in 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 the penthouse above the clubhouse. Amen. And uh, and and he said, Well, that's that's wonderful. I said, Well, I want you to do the will you do the uh, 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 the wedding and everything. He said, Yeah, man, that's that's great. He says he says where are y'all gonna live? I thought, Why do you want to go there? <laughs> it's awful nosy. Well, we'll, uh, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll probably just live with her parents for a little while. He said, well, I tell you, what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to marry you then. You're not going to do what? Now, y'all know my dad. He, he's not here today. He's down in Florida with my grandmother. But y'all know him? When he says something, he usually means it. He said, I'm not going to marry him. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. I said, why? He said, because you're not ready to get married. I said, really? <laughs> what do you mean? He said, when you say I do, she's your responsibility. When you say I do, when you say uh, I'm going to take her to be my, my lawfully wedded wife, and I'm going to take her, and that's your responsibility. She's no longer her parents' responsibility. She is your responsibility. And I will not marry you till you get your own place, till you have your own place set up where you can take her and y'all can live and be a family. And, and, and until you do that, you're not ready to get married. You know what he did? Exactly what he said. You know what I did? I went out and found the Roach Motel. Amen. That's what... I went out and found a place we could afford to rent, which was not much, very little. It was a good thing we had love, because that's all we had. I went and got my own place. And ever since then, had my own place. Why? Because Dad put in me, it's your responsibility. The Bible says when you take a wife, she is your responsibility. You're to provide for her, not only for for her needs, but her physical needs, her spiritual needs. Listen, you are to be there for her, protect her, and that is your responsibility. I said, okay. You know what? It is my responsibility. We're living in a different time. We're living in a different time than we were living in Bible days. But you know, the Bible is still right. The Bible is still correct. Listen, men, some, some, some of you men in here, your wives make more money than you do, but I don't care if she makes 500 and you make five. You are still responsible to lead and guide and provide for that family. It is your responsibility. It is nobody's but yours. It's not the government's. It's not the rest of your family. It's yours. It's yours. This man died unprepared and left his widow and his children in a bad way because he was not prepared to die. But guess what, guys? We all die. Sometime, somewhere, we're all going to go. And we may go tomorrow. What's the point? We need to be prepared. It is my responsibility to take care of my family whether I'm dead or alive. I need to have things prepared. I need to have, first off, I need to be out of debt. My wife doesn't need to worry about debt. I need to have some kind of insurance. Life insurance is very, very, very cheap. It's very cheap. And I guarantee you this, your spouse's peace of mind is worth so much more than a bass boat, golf clubs, or a coon dog. I need a witness. Listen. I can't afford insurance. It's, well, somebody give me a quote. Somebody help me. Brother, do you, you have any idea? It's, it's like real cheap. Any insurance people in here? $5 a week at, at the most. And I, I think it's even sometimes you can get a little cheaper than that depending on, you know, your, your situation. Now, isn't that worth your wife's peace of mind? Ladies, that's when you say, yes! Help me here. Amen. It's important. It's important. I don't want my wife to have to struggle and struggle and struggle when I'm gone. It's my responsibility. This man failed in his responsibility. We don't need unprepared citizens. Why? Because unexpected crises come all the time. This is not the last one we'll ever see in our lifetime. We need to understand when the sun is shining, when we can make money, when we can do good, and when the, when the economy is great, we need to put back for a rainy day because the rainy day will always come. But what we do, we live for the day, don't we? We live for the day. As long as we've got enough money to get through the day, Listen, we'll do everything for today. Men, we need to grow up and get out of the sandbox. We need to grow up. We have a responsibility. I like toys. I like all of those things. But we do not need to sacrifice the future of our children, the future of our families, and their peace of mind for having a toy today. That's right, Red. Preach on, brother. That's good stuff right there. I'm going to buy a tape today. Keep on preaching. Amen. I'm telling you the God's truth. We need to be prepared. And I'm not saying that you've got to have $500,000 in the bank. Have a bunch, as much as you can, but we need to have something. Paul Allen, a buddy of mine in South Carolina, his dad was, I mean, he was brutal with it. He said, I don't care if you make 25 cents, you need to put 5 cents of it away. Because a rainy day will always come. And this man, a crisis, you know what's made this whole economic situation worse? Is that we were not prepared for? It. You know, you know why. You know why Joseph didn't break a sweat when that drought came because seven years he was preparing for it. Seven years he was prepared for it. It didn't. It didn't bother him. He was prepared, guys. the The, the, the economy is going to come up. It's going to get better. Things are going to listen. It may be a while, but we've got to learn from our mistakes right now so that when it gets up, we won't do the same mistake twice. I know y'all don't want to hear this, but you're going to hear it. We need to hear it. Our world needs to hear it. We need to understand. Let's be prepared. Because when an unexpected crisis comes with an unprepared citizen, there's always, always see unhappy consequences. Unhappy consequences. She came to Elisha and said they're gonna take my babies they're gonna take my babies they're gonna make slaves out of them you know what I think it's yet to be seen what's gonna come out of our the, the debt that we owe China right now our debt to China is so high our great great grandchildren ain't gonna be able to pay it it's gonna come home to roost sooner or later And it is yet to be seen what it's all going to be about. But I tell you this, we need to be prepared. We need to take our responsibility seriously. Now, ladies, help me with this a minute. Help me with this a minute. The men in this room have a responsibility to lead. They have a responsibility to step up, given by God, not by man, not by the law, but by God, to lead their home. But they cannot lead if you will not follow Now, men, help me understand this. Listen, men, ladies will not follow a goober. (laughs) Help me. She don't need to follow you if you're making foolish decisions. The Bible says it this way. You are to follow Christ, and she is to follow you. We need to be following Christ. We need to be obedient to God's Word. We need to be doing what God called us to do. And if we'll do that, I've never seen one, I've never seen one lady that was a godly lady that would not follow a godly man. But we need to take our responsibility seriously. We need, well, she won't, she won't. Listen, ladies, if he needs to cut your Cheeto fund, he's going to have to cut your Cheeto fund, all right? Don't bow up and get mad and and, and manipulate because y'all can do it. You have a power like no other. Y'all know. I don't have to go no further. And the Bible says manipulation is as, help me now. It's called rebellion in the Bible, and rebellion as a sin of witchcraft. We don't need no witches in the house. Say amen, right there. What does that mean? Guys, you need to straighten up and be the leader. Don't just say, well, whatever. Well, whatever, whatever. No, stand up. Take responsibility. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be a money wizard. I'm not good at it at all. Tammy has a checkbook. Woo. I just tell her what to write. Amen. Hallelujah. Tammy's she's good with the numbers. I can't do that. I'm not good at that, but I need to know what they are. I need to be responsible for that. The Bible says that we are to look after our herds and our flocks well. What does that mean? We need to know our financial situation. Men, you do not need to leave that pressure all on your wives. They're not built for it. They're not built for it. They're built to be caring. They're built to be loving. They're built to be nurturing. You're the buffalo. They're the butterfly. You're the buffalo. You can take a little pebble... Brother Will, you can take a little pebble and you can tape it to the back of a buffalo and he'll just go out there and graze. He don't even know it's there. But you can put it on a butterfly and it will cripple it and kill the butterfly. Now here's the point of that. That little pebble represents a situation. It represents a, a, a serious debt or a serious problem. Men, they could, they're totally oblivious to it. God wired them that way so they could go out and kill the meat and drag it home. We live in it. We live in a world. We live in a world that is dog eat dog, kill or be killed. And God made it. I know it's different. I know we're living in a different time and women are working as much as a man and some making more than the man and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, it's the man's responsibility to lead that home. And we, the things that don't bother us, bothers the lady folks. And we need to take it on our shoulders to carry the pebble. I need an amen from all the men. Because when it comes to the women folk, they're not designed to carry that, and it will break them down. It will break them down, and it's not their problem; it's your problem. And you need to step up and be the man, and be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared, men. Say that with me. Be say it again. Be prepared. be prepared, and and ladies, follow them when they lead. There's going to be have, some of us are going to have to make drastic changes in our lifestyle to get out of the hole we've gotten ourselves into. There's going to be suggestions made that you're not going to like, you're going to howl and weep, but that's all right. Howl and weep in the woods and then come back and be a loving wife and a loving husband. Because we can't keep living the same lifestyle and get out the hole. It is that lifestyle that put us in the hole. Say amen. amen. This man was totally unprepared for that crisis and it put his family in a bad way but we can be different. We can expect the unexpected. We can look and be prepared to take care of our family because it's our responsibility. Church, say amen. We see this situation. Let's not let this be our situation. What do we do then? Well, preacher, that's good to know. Wish you'd told me that two years ago. Now we're in a hole. What do we do now? Well, there's some things we can do. There's some things we can do. What did she do? We first see the situation developing. Secondly, write this down. I want you to see the steps that are determined. What do we need to do about it? We're in a crisis. It was unexpected. This thing come up on us. The job market went sour. The economy's bad, so forth and so on. We're in debt. We put ourselves in situations by buying things we couldn't afford, things we didn't need. Here we are in a mess. We're in a hole. The debtors, the creditors are calling all the time. What do we do to get out of this mess? How many of y'all would like to know that? Write this down. First, got to reach out. First, got to reach out. What does that mean to reach out? The first thing she did, she went to the man of God and got counsel. The first thing she did, she went to the man of God and said, Please help me. I am in a mess. I am in trouble. I have got big problems. We need to reach out. Listen, most of the time, men folk don't want to do this. Most of the time, we're so stubborn and we're so prideful, we don't want anybody else to think we have a problem, especially with money, because money is a source of significance. And we don't want anybody else to think we have money problems, because that that really reflects on our ability to provide for our family, and because of that, we'll be prideful about it, and we won't go get help, and because of that, we'll go deeper in the hole. Don't be prideful. Don't be prideful. Please don't be prideful. Be willing to take counsel. Be willing to go get some help. Be willing to talk to somebody else about how to get out of the hole that you're in. Don't keep digging the hole. Say amen. amen. Listen, let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen. Eleven fourteen says, where no counsel is, the people what? Fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. Let me, let me see that next one. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15, without count. All right, all right, all right. How many of y'all want to be out of debt and prosper? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Be out of debt and prosper. I want to get out of this hole, and I want to be a blessing to my family. I don't want to worry about money. Let me worry about other things, but not money. Do you know that's a possibility? That is a possibility. That is our purpose. Say that with me. That is our purpose. But watch what this says about that purpose. Without counsel, purposes are... If you're not willing to get good advice about how to do that, you're going to be very disappointed. Listen, without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. What does that mean? You don't need to go talk to somebody in bankruptcy to get help. Listen. You, you don't need to go talk to me about how to shoot a basketball. You might want to talk to Larry Bird. You get it? Some of us are getting our financial counsel and financial advice and financial information from from, uh, Bertha at the beauty parlor. She's broke as you are. Gentlemen, you're getting it from the guys at the coon club. Wrong! We need to get good counsel. Be willing to say... Hey, I need some help. And you say, why why do you say men don't ever want this? We don't even want to ask directions. We will argue with the GPS on the windshield. (laughs) I know where I'm going. Recomputing, recomputing, you know. We hear that more than anything because we're not willing to follow advice. Don't be ashamed to reach out and say, I need some help. And by the way, guys, this is, what, this is what we need. We need reform, not relief. We need reform. Say that with me. We need not... See here, if I pay your power bill today and you don't change your behavior, you're going to want to come next month and get your power bill taken care of because your behavior will not change. Have you ever, have you ever heard the phrase, don't give a man a fish, teach him to fish? If you give a man a fish, you will feed him for a day. If you give a man or teach him how to fish, you'll feed him for a lifetime. Oh, just 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 help me with this. No, we need to do more than that. We need to do more than that. You got here for a reason. We need to change the reason why you got here. Now there are always exceptions to the rule. Sometimes tragedies take place. Sometimes some, sometimes situations are just beyond people's control. But the majority of the time, I say 98% of the time, it's not that way. It's a behavioral problem. And our behavior, (coughs) excuse me, our lifestyle puts us into a situation where we need help. And if we just give relief and don't get reform, you're going to be back in the need of relief again. Does this make sense? (laughs) We need to reach out. Be willing to accept counsel. Be willing to accept advice. Some of you right now are so mad right now because I told you what God said, that your responsibility is to take care of your family. And you're mad and you're not listening to nothing else I say. You're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be very disappointed. Why? Because everything i said to you so far, I can give you chapter and verse for everything I said. And we said God created everything, and God put everything in, in order, and if we get out of his order, that's why we're in a mess. I'm just trying to help you get back into order. Amen? B. B. Recognize. I like, what, I like what he said. I like what he said. He said, now you need to find 10 or 15 family members to give you some money. That ain't what he said. He said, uh, what do you got in the house? What do you got in the house? And here's the point. We we think that we need to go to the government. We think we need to go to the church. We think we need to go to our family and let them pay our bills. But God said, what do you got in the house? Here's our problem, though. We're thinking like she thought. I ain't got nothing. There's nothing in the house. And then she's all oh, but... This little pot of oil. The very thing that you think is insignificant is what God will take to get you out of the hole. Amen. Let me give you an illustration. There, we, we've got some ladies that are doing couponing right now. Couponing. Uh, uh, people say, well, I don't want to use coupons. That's what poor people use. Hello? Rich people use them, that's why they're rich. You know why poor people are poor? Because they do poor people's stuff. You know why rich people are rich? They do rich people's stuff. Rich people are wiser with their money than poor people are. I'm just born that way. No, no, no. I was complaining one day. I was complaining. I was working with, with uh, uh, Brother Russell, Russell uh, uh, Marsh in, in Augusta, Georgia, and we were working at a doctor's house. Man, this place was—you can't even imagine. I mean, it. I, 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 my family, my family—we we come from very modest means, and and from the poor side of the tracks, or whatever you want to say. And and, and I, I was walking around and just complaining. Man, I need to be a doctor. You know, you know that's why. That's why these doctor bills a to buy houses like this. Well, the guy that was doing—I think it was the sheetrock work—he said, he said, look, he said, if you took all the money from the rich people and gave it to the poor people. In three years, all the rich people would have all the money back and all the poor people would be poor again. I said, huh? The rich people know how to make money and keep money. The poor people know how to spend money. I'm one of the kind. Don't look at me that way. I'm telling the truth. Money is fluid. It's always moving. Usually away from me, amen? <laughs> but it's always moving. It's always moving. You've, got, you've had, listen, thousands and thousands of dollars move through your life through a, through a period of time. But see, there's, there's, there's habits and there's, there's behavior that causes you to keep it or lose it. And there's things in your house you can do right now that you've got. You don't have to go out and make more. You've got it right now. we just got to use it right. For example, the I had this is, this is just a couple numbers they gave me this morning. Uh, they saved $90 on, on coupons this past week. Yovino uh, saved $73 on coupons. Uh, Dolan and Bleach and them saved $119. dollars they always got to show out, don't they? They all, $119 this week on coupons. Uh, the Barnes, they saved $30 this week on coupons. Now, what is that? They just got $119 raise this week. Because if you don't spend it, you made it. Y'all with me? And this is just coupons. This is just one area. This is just a start. We can start couponing. It's in the house. Some of these places will send them to your house so you can use them. We just got to take the time to cut them out and use them. Coupons. Listen, there's other ways. How about yard sales? How about yard sales? Thrift stores. You don't have to go to the mall to buy all your clothes. Some of y'all are getting shakes right now for some reason. I, what, what's that about? We're in a hole, people. We're in a crisis. We might have to change some of our behavior. I grew up, I grew up a bivocational pastor's son, a poor one. We always had hand-me-downs. Dad never bought clothes because there was other people in the church that had sons that were a little bit older than me and Joe, and they would pass down our clothes, and they were kind of well off. And they said, did you, did you not like hand-me-downs? Not really, because if he went and bought the clothes, it'd be a whole lot kind of clothes than what we'd have got from the hand-me-downs. I like the hand-me-downs. Here's the point. Let rich people pay all them big prices, and then they're going to give their clothes just in a little bit when nothing wrong with them to the thrift store, and then us poor people can go dress like rich people. hey. Well, it don't have a tag on it. Thank God, iron that baby and throw it on Pour it to it. Some of y'all need to wake up and smell the coffee. You can buy stuff incredibly cheap if you're willing to do it. Other people wore my clothes. So, that's what they make Tide for. Bless God, wash that booger and put it on. Walk around, pop. I ain't even going there. Listen, some of us really need to get a life. We need to really wake up. You know the saying, we spend money we don't have to please people we don't like to buy things we don't even want. Let's ease up a little bit and realize, what do we got in the house? God has given us enough in the house to take care of our need. Y'all ready? I made the first class mad. We might as well just keep on this service here too. Listen, cable TV is not a need. It really bothers me for people to come in and get food. Please, We need help food so we can watch wrestling tonight. You know, that bothers me. That really, really gets into my crawl a little bit. Listen, we got sunshine coming out today. Let's go outside. Let's spend some time outside. Let's spend some time with our family. Get to know them. Introduce yourself. I'm being serious. Cut the cable, man. Ain't nothing but garbage on it, no how? Here's another one. Here's another one that's going. Feel my heart fluttering already. A cell phone is not a need. I told y'all the other day. I told y'all the other day. I was I was pulling up to the to the 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 exit there at two seventy eight. Guy standing there, we'll work for food. Homeless, no money. He's on it, and all of a sudden I seen him go in his pocket, flipped open his his cell phone to check him. I wanted to get out of my truck and beat the tar out of him. But I was afraid you'd have saw me. We are messed up in our country. We will pay for things that are like that and then go hungry. That's crazy. We need to, you know what, it's not that we need to all make more money. We need to get our priorities right. And find, what do we have in the house? This woman had a pot of oil. That was all she had, but God used that to be a blessing. I'm telling you, if we'll get our priorities right, it will be amazing what God will do for us. Yeah, I, I looked up I looked up on Google. Right before you turn your internet off, get on Google. And, uh... <laughs> now watch this. Now let me say something about the cell phone. The cable and the Google. If you're paying your bills and take care of your family, Google on, brother. Have at it. But if you can't pay your light bill, Google needs to go. Amen. Listen, I got seven pages of money saving ideas. Seven pages. I mean, I didn't spend I didn't spend three minutes on Google. Money saving tips. Enter. Look at this, on automobiles, how to save money on automobiles, how to save money with your, your housing, household, health care, beauty, hygiene, travel. I mean, you name it. It's a, uh, uh, entertainment, banking and investing, children, utilities, uh, miscellaneous shopping, low-cost ways of making extra money, uh, school, computers, Get all of this stuff. But we've got to be willing to stop, take the time, look it up, and do it. Do you realize how much you can save on your power bill if you just learn to turn some stuff off? It irritates the fire out of me, and Tammy's not here because I say I don't want to. Leave the house, TV's running, lights on, everything in the world. Man, turn the stuff off. I brother Dustin told me, Brother Dustin, is Brother Dustin up there? He told me that the cell phone chargers and chargers like my coon light charge and all that. When you leave them plugged in, they're using energy. It's small amounts, but if you add all those small amounts up, it adds up to a lot. All right. This would be a great time to quit a bad habit. I was told, I don't know why they admitted this in the house of God. I said, How much are cigarettes? I mean, there was answers from everywhere. I said, Don't. Preacher, they have $4 a pack. All right, $4 a pack. If you're a -a pack-a-day smoker, $4, what, let's just say 30 days of the month. What's that, $120? $120 a month you could put toward groceries just by quitting smoking. And you dipping, guys, ain't no different. You thought you were going to get away with that, didn't you? You Diet Coke people, don't say nothing to them dipping people. Caffeine, nicotine, it's a teen. It's all that matters. Come on now. Yeah, you smoking people, you smoking people. You got to have a Coke before you even get out of bed. You got a cooler beside your bed. Don't tell me nothing about nothing. Addictions. Good time to quit them. Let's save some money. And by the way, again, again, if you can pay your power bill and you can pay your electric bill and you, you, you got, you're out of debt and your family's taken care of, man, sip on a Diet Coke. I don't care. But let's get our priorities right. And let's not go around and complain, we don't have anything, we don't have anything, man, I don't have enough. Well, we do, we're just not doing right by it. God says, what's in the house? What's in the house? Before you complain to anybody, what's in the house? Let's recognize what we have. Let's recognize the the availability of the things we already have and use it for God's glory. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Then lastly... Steps determined. First, she reached out. She said, please give me some help. She was willing to go get counsel. The second thing she did was she recognized what she already had, what we can do with things. We can save electricity. If we don't spend money on electricity, we can save on carpooling. We can save on gas. We can ride with somebody else. We can. There's so many things we can do. And by the way, in our seminar, not next, not this coming Monday, but next Monday and Tuesday, we're going to talk about all this stuff. Good ideas for everybody. So come out and be with us. See, lastly, and we'll, we'll quit, we're doing... So good. Uh, see, we've got to respond. This, this, this prophet said, listen, go out and get pots. Go get pots from everybody you know. And these are not Tupperware pots. These are not plastic pots. These are they, they're, they're, they're stone pots. They're, they're, they're mortar. I mean, they're just hard, heavy pots. And they've got to go all over this city and get as many pots as they can and bring in. And then begin to pour from that one pot of oil and start filling them up. You know what that told me? That they were working hard. Working hard. How are we going to get out of a hole? We're going to work hard. We're going to sweat some. We're going to sweat some. I'm going to. This Halloween, I'm going to dress up like a job and scare some of y'all slam to death. (laughs) Work hard. Listen, if you don't have one, get one. Get one. There's no such thing as a free ride. People that work have to pay for people that don't. Be on the right side of the deal. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what nobody else says. It's no such thing as a free ride. There's no free meal. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. Amen. And it is not my responsibility to take care of your children. It is not your responsibility to take care of my children. If I don't take care of my children, I'm worse than an infidel and I've denied the faith. What does that mean? I want to take care of my responsibilities. And the only way I can take care of my responsibilities is to work hard. This widow woman and her sons, they were working hard and diligently. Then they put their backs to it, and they put sweat to it, and they were doing everything in the world. But you know what? When they did their part, thank God Almighty, God did his. God will never bless a lazy person. Every man that he called in the Bible, if you'll go back and search and research and look, every man he called in the Bible was already doing something when he called him. David was watching his father's sheep. Saul was looking for his father's donkeys. Elijah, or excuse me, Elisha was plowing oxen. The fishermen were fishing. Are y'all with me? Let's do our part. Let's work hard. Let's don't be lazy. Let's do everything we can. We didn't get in this overnight. We will not get out of it overnight. This is not an easy way. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take tears and sweat and prayer. And we're going to beg God. But if we do our part, God's going to do His. We need to work like it all depends on us. And we need to pray like it all depends on Him. And when we pray and we work, I'm telling you, miracles begin to happen. But if you sit on your backside in a recliner and do nothing and wait for somebody else to take care of you, you will not experience a miracle in your life. You will not experience a touch of God in your life. There will be no blessings come your way because God expects us to stand up and take care of our responsibilities and do our part. I need a witness. Give God praise right there. None of this is popular and I may not have a job tomorrow, but hey. This is right. If we work hard, we can expect blessings, but we're living in a victim mentality in America. We're living in a, in a what's that other word? What's that other word? Uh, where we just expect everybody to give us stuff. Uh, entitlement mentality. We're entitled to this. We're inti- no, we're entitled to nothing. We're entitled to nothing. Nothing. We are entitled to follow God and do our part. And if we do ours, God will do his. Amen? Amen. Work hard. Work hard. People want to get paid less and work less. Or excuse me, paid more and work less. That's where we're at in America. That's why America's in a bad way. It's not that there's not jobs out there. I had an employer come up to me after the first service and said, Preacher, you have no idea how true what you were saying. They run a business here in town. We cannot find anybody dependable. We've got jobs, but nobody wants to work them. Well, I'm not going to work for that amount of money. Well, work for something. If it's $5, pour it to it. You can do what you have to do till you can do what you want to do. Go after it. Man, work hard, and don't say, "Well, if you give me a raise, I'll work harder." No, work harder so you'll deserve a raise. Yeah. Amen. 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 I'm, listen, well, you're a preacher. All you, don't even go there. Please come ride with me. Come, come, stay with me. Me and Brother Dustin are going up and down the highways. Listen, when a lot of people's in bed teaching extra classes. Why? Because we want to get out of debt. He wants to get out of debt with his family. We're teaching in, in Athens, Georgia, and we're teaching here and doing everything we can to bless our families and our church. I promise you, I promise you, it's going to take work. It's going to take work, but we've got to be willing to work. I don't want nobody from Temple Baptist Church to be sorry and lazy. Nobody, because God don't like that. Anybody that leaves temple, I want their employee to say, that's the best employee I got right there. That's the hardest worker I got right there. That's the most dependable. You know what the Bible says about people that are not dependable? It's like a, a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Randy, you own a business. How irritating is it for people to say they'll do something and won't do it? How irritating is that to a business owner? You can't depend on them, won't show up on time. Let me help you with something. If you want to improve your lifestyle, early is on time. On time is late. Late is unacceptable. Start doing that. Get there on time, doing everything you can. I had a guy, I worked with a guy one time, he said, They can only get eight out of me. Ain't can only get eight out of And his mentality is just what they can get out of him. Man, what can you do? And you know what? He spent his entire life making minimum wage. Because of a wrong mentality let's go after it. let's work hard because we're not serving that job or that employee we're serving Christ what do you got in the house what do you got in the house I promise you I guarantee you this if you'll start using with more stewardship and wiser with what you already have right now God will start giving you more You say, but preacher, my bills are right here, and I can only get up to here. Well, if you'll get up to there wisely with what you have, God will do the rest. But if he won't, if we're lazy and we're foolish with our money, he won't. But I guarantee you this, God will bless you if you honor him. Church, say amen. Amen.